0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Nine State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again to talk all things New Hampshire lacrosse is Dairyfield Boys Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, good to be back. We are once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you can email us your comments and questions at nhhighschoolsports@gmail.com at gmail.com or on Twitter at Sports. Uh, New shows are usually posted at nh-highschoolsports.com or on iTunes every Thursday morning, although today, don't worry, it is not Thursday. Uh, You don't have another day of the week. It is Friday. Uh, We're just a day late. Um, Someone wanted to do some some scouting yesterday and didn't want to go off my game or my my scouting report of saying, uh, this team's really good. Um, Needed a little bit more than that to go with. so.
1: Where's Where's the season?
0: Is that up yet? Did we get <laughs> we, did we get that up yet? That also got a little <laughs> delayed. Uh, we'll be We'll be up on Friday. Um, I, at least that's what I'm hearing. I, I hope it's there. Um, uh, You've been a very busy guy, Joe. It's, it's been, been a very busy guy. You it's know, fun. it has been a rough, rough week. I think the listeners will forgive you. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I, you know, I would I would appreciate that. Um, but yeah, the, the new episode of the season will be up on Friday. I think Friday is going to be the normal day. Uh, From here on out, it just, you know, every year is a little bit different in terms of scheduling, um, and it just seems like the way things have gone these first two weeks, that Friday might be the better day, not just for me to actually get it done, um, but just in terms of what else is up on the site. Like, you know, I don't want to go and post seven things on one day. If I could do that every day, I would.
1: We well, have done a tremendous job of covering both boys and girls lacrosse this year, as well as the other sports that you normally cover. And it's hard to hard to get everything done. I know people think you have a huge crew of people working for you over there, but uh,
0: or, or that know. I'm I'm backed by uh, <laughs> you know some somebody with you know just throws you know money at problems or or. Uh, Things that I need to get done. I think I speak no. for the
1: entire lacrosse community that we appreciate well, your efforts, and uh, you know the, the kids are really benefit. Kids and parents are benefiting by the work that you're doing. So thank well, you.
0: I appreciate you guys for putting up with me. So I mean that's, and <laughs> really that's what it is. If no one, if if you didn't want to work with me, then I guess I would really be in. I'd really be in trouble. Um, but I think I think the the place that we probably uh, want to start and need to start, and everyone wants to hear us start, is with Tuesdays. Um, Pinkerton, Bishop Girton, uh, Boys and Girls doubleheader, of course, this year they both played over at, uh, at Stellos um, about two weeks earlier, I think, in the season than they normally do, at least for the boys, um, and it, you know, it didn't look like it early, um, but it turned out to be a really kind of epic early season game here. I think, I think maybe one that, you know, is probably going to be talked about a little bit,
1: at least until they play again. Game of Waves, you know. I'm sure BG has has had an off season to think about it. You know, they've had this game circled. No matter no matter who they play out of state, you know those games are always big. But you know, your in state rivals, you lose to them by a goal last year, and uh, you know y- you want the you want this game. You build it up. You realize it isn't June, but you know um, to jump out the way they did. Uh, going up, going up early, you know, seven to one, and then and then hanging on for the victory like they did. A lot of that has to be chalked up to just, you know, the, the intensity that they came out with in the beginning. And you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that. BG was, or uh, I'm sorry, Pinkerton was missing their their starting goaltender and, and a, a really good offensive player for them, and Sweeney and McCormick uh, to start the game. You know, could have could have made a difference in that game down the stretch, and it'll be interesting to see w- if the two teams play each other in the playoffs again, how those how those things play out uh, the second time around. Yeah,
0: the I probably should put my notes in front of me. It would be make it easier to talk about this. Um, not just that they got out to the lead; it was a three nothing game, less than two minutes into the game, and it was one of those. Um, am I really seeing this? Like, is this really? Is this real life? Kind of thing, um, because I, I mean, obviously anything can happen um, when those two teams play each other, but realistically, I did not see a you know three nothing game right out the out of the shoot. It was uh, six to one at the end of the first quarter, seven to one. 20 seconds into the second quarter.
1: Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I saw, you know, James Heitmiller early on that game was making tremendous saves and turning turning that that differential in the faceoff circle into not only saves but you know basically turnovers for Pinkerton that were going the other way and and pushing transition and really you know again, Coach Cameron has made no bones about it. They want to play up tempo. They want to push the tempo of the game into one into more of a track meet. And um, you know it'll be interesting to see how teams respond to that this year. They want to ride hard. They want to push transition, and it paid off for them early in that game. So I, I think Pinkerton saw a, an early game plan of BG come playoff time for what they how they want to play in that game. Maybe gives maybe gives um, Coach O'Reilly kind of some things to think about as he as he heads towards June.
0: Yeah, the um, yeah the thing you mentioned there with the faceoffs, um, Coach Cameron came out and said that right afterwards. Is we knew we were gonna. You know that that Gennaro Mara was going to have our number, um, and I I don't. From what I had, I had him winning twenty out of twenty-seven faceoffs. Um, I don't know if I counted right. Maybe I didn't. G- I don't know. Um, I mean that's that's it pretty much automatic. 50, it was it not fifty-fifty. That's so that's yeah. You know. So um, they had to do. They, he said they had to do something in order to counter that. And you're right. Early in that game, uh, Height Miller made some some really big saves. They forced some turnovers too that you don't normally see from Pinkerton um you know it all it looked like they came out a little bit tentative um you know and 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 i can imagine that happens when you're you know you blink and you're all of a sudden down three nothing in a game that you probably weren't expecting to go that way
1: ryan osier still working his way back into the lineup there you know working um working through probably some some rehab still and, and getting his shoulder feeling the way that he wants it to feel you know come june if they can play that, if they can play that style where they're winning faceoffs and then they can get an early lead, well then that kind of changes your plan. When when you have to keep attacking early on, you're playing into BG's favor. If James is making saves and you're attacking the net and he's making saves and getting it up and out, well then you're getting into a track meet with BG. Come June, if if, if things are different and, and Ryan Ozier's feeling a little bit better and, and BG can start converting some more goals. Um, that changes the style of play quickly, and we th- th- that that happened last year in the mm, championship yep. too.
0: Yeah. So it was a oh excuse me a nine four game at halftime. Um, Dawson Clark comes out and scores the first goal of the second half, a uh, minute and a half in, makes it ten to four, and it kind of felt like at that point that it was going to be more of the same. Like I really, it, it didn't seem like momentum was going Pinkerton's way. Um, they did get the next goal to make it 10-5. And then all of a sudden, it's 10-7 late in the quarter, and, and
1: it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's something going here. Um. And that's where it does make it difficult. When you don't have a faceoff guy that can stop momentum like that, and you're playing make it, take it, um, you know, it even showed at the end of the game, right? BG is up by two. They turn the ball over. They get a penalty. Pinkerton gets a quick one, and you're thinking, well, there's still only 17 seconds left. You know, Gianna Mara pinches and pops, gets the ball, and they get down there and they get a good possession, and and you know, really realistically, had a chance to had a chance to win that game, and and uh, you know, just sailed just wide of the net from from all indications.
0: You know, even b- even before that, I want to th- I want to talk about what ended up being the game winning goal um, was one that um, if you haven't, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit here. If you haven't watched the video. Uh, from Tuesday night's game, you can. It's up at nh-highschoolsports.com. It's on my YouTube page. Um, you know, early fourth quarter, uh, Sean Cameron's got the ball. I, I don't think you can hear it on the video, but there were some Pinkerton guys on the other side of the field heckling him. Um, I don't remember exactly what they said. It wasn't anything inappropriate. It was just... Good natured yeah, rhythm. Yeah, going, and, yeah. And and the, the, the joy sometimes of high school sports is... I wouldn't have been surprised if Sean could hear them. Um, And immediately after the guy says it, he rips a shot that just—I slowed the video down so you could see where the ball goes. It's the tiniest corner um, that just—it sneaks in there, and it was—I mean, it it was quite a shot.
1: Um, Sean Sean is an X factor in that game his his ability to to split and separate from from his defender and get his hands free and like you said he is one of the most accurate on the run shooters that that I've ever had the the pleasure of coaching and um, you know that that's the thing that's really if BG gets the ball they have so many weapons that can put the ball in the back of the net and why they're so explosive and able to get out to leads and conversely why they were able to come back the week before against the Needham team down six nothing and, and and almost win that game to come back there. They they are they just need the ball.
0: The thing is I think they're still trying to I I mean, I know they've they've had, you know, the the off season time to work together, but I still think that there's still a little bit of uh, familiarity that needs to be worked out amongst those kids. Well, you only had four p-
1: transfers come uh, in, right? You had four transfers who aren't used to playing with each other. Extremely talented kids, but it that does take time to grow. And even though they played indoor together, you're not running the same sets on the outdoor. The spacing is different. Those things are going to take time. I don't think there's a set s- like top
0: six either necessarily. That, that there, of course there's you know there's guys like you know like Cameron that are going to be out there all the time or most of the time. But I don't think there's a set. Six that you're you're saying that these are the guys that they're going to go with, and that too kind of I think you know maybe uh, can can get a little take a little bit of time to get used to Um, just trying to get familiar. And I think maybe you saw that at the end of that end of that game before Pinkerton scored the the goal to get within one. Is they're trying to run the clock out and they're not. uh, Who are you giving the ball to? to? Who do you trust? But not just that. But what is everybody else doing? You know, and I think for the most Mm -hmm. part you know, it was one guy running around with the ball and five other guys just kind of standing there waiting for the the game to end. Um, so, you know, and, and again, it's, it's what, April
1: 18th. Um, so there's plenty of time to figure that out. And who's, who's going to be the guy when, when Sean Cameron I- is, tr- you know, when they do try and take Sean Cameron out of the game, Who who's going to be that next guy up that steps up to take the ball and wants it in their stick and makes a play happen? You know, that'll be interesting to see how, how that develops over the season. But you know, it always amazes me. Every year, we look at we look at Pinkerton and the, and the, you know, the supposed big stars and big names. A lot of them are on on that BG squad that we know. But every year, Pinkerton just seems to, you know, they have such a great system and uh, and athletes that just come out of the woodwork there and have guys that step up and, and get the job done year after year. And and you think on paper that ah uh, BG's just got too too much firepower, and yet. It's a one-goal game, again, just like always, you know. And, and, you know,
0: I wouldn't say there wasn't any one guy that really kind of carried the, the load for Pinkerton. I mean, it was a – you know, they're, they're just, I think, as deep. Um, you know, maybe the talent isn't quite as – goes as deep there, but, you know, they have the guys that can, can certainly – A lot of two- uh, and three-sport athletes yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So um, and, you know, the interesting thing, um, and it was brought up to Coach O'Reilly after the game, Uh, The last four years, um, and I think if you go back, maybe the last five out of seven, something like that. Six out of seven, or uh, six out of eight, something like that. But definitely the last four years, the team that's won the regular season game here has lost in the championship, which. Someone pointed that out to, to Coach O'Reilly, and his response was, well, we got him right where we want him, <laughs> uh, which, I mean. I think
1: it's hard. It's a mindset. You know, it, it going in, going into a final as an underdog, it's easier to make. When you've played each other during the regular season, it's, it's easier to make adjustments. You do have to get over the hump. But, you know, and then uh, conversely, as the, you know, and I've been on that side for a few years, when you've won that regular season matchup, you know, you're always wondering, should I change something? Do we just go with what's worked before? You know, what's the other team going to do? You worry that you're prepared. I think at the end of the day, you throw that out, and, and you just go in, and you, you're as prepared as you can be, and you're confident in what you're going to do. And then hopefully you've trained your kids that if you need to adjust in-game, you can do that. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I don't think it was any one adjustment that Pinkerton made last year. I think those kids they just came out and they 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 played well between the lines. They got more possessions and then ultimately won the game last year. Um, you know, and I think it'll be similar again this year. It'll be two teams if they play each other. We're, we're discounting an Exeter right. team, right? Well, we're good. A, a couple of teams transi- I think transitioning into into our next segment here.
0: Um, um, given given what's gone on this week in in Division One, I I think um, you know I'm not I'm not going to crown anybody as um, you know the team that's going to pull an off upset right at this point, you know, this point in the year. But I think there's certainly, you know, Exeter played Pinker Pinkerton to a very close game last Friday. Um, you know, uh, uh Salhegan has had a very good start to the year. Um, Nashua South, I know we we were both pretty high on them. Uh, they've had a couple of tough games the last few days here, but you know, they're a team that's certainly going to be there at the end. Londonderry, I know they lost to to bg on thursday um but you know they're a team they bounced that, back that after yeah.
1: after that tough loss to concord had a great win over bedford uh really really you know put up a, a big number there that opened and opened some eyes and had
0: a big win over Sauhegan too mm-hmm.
1: um you know so they're a team that's
0: certainly going to be right there in the mix i think we're going
1: to learn a lot about Sauhegan over the next two weeks they 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 run a gauntlet over the next two weeks in the next in the next 14 days they play bg exeter nashua south Derryfield, timberlane and pinkerton I mean, I I think we're gonna Pinkerton or Sowhegan's definitely gonna get their metal tested over the next over the next two weeks there. Um, If they can come out of that three and three or better, then I think they're gonna be in really good shape going going into a playoff run. I I, I think you know they need they need to kind of circle that and say we got to come out of that at least three and three. You know, know, I um, I
0: think anything better than three and three would be gravy. I mean, just looking at I mean, if
1: they're there's a chance they go one and five in that stretch. Absolutely. Uh, or owen 6 and 6, 0 and 6 I mean, yeah it, it, you know timberlane just had a had a huge a big, win over Goffstown, right they um, and they
0: beat salem the other day too which is you know may not sound like a big win but that's going to i mean when it comes down to it to, to seeding and all that that's going to th- sound th- like or that's going to be a big win on paper think.
1: right uh, you know when you can com- comparable scores timberlane timberlane beats salem 11-9 and then sauhegan turns around and wins 11-8 so you know that that's a huge that timberlane game is huge and you're playing Timberlane after having played BG, Exeter, Nashua South, and Derryfield, you know, there. And then you get a turnaround and you get Pinkerton coming up next after that. So it's, um, you know, that's a, that's a daunting schedule for them coming up. But, uh, you know, getting back to that that Exeter Exeter game last week against Pinkerton, um, you know, tremendous effort by Henry Vote in the net there. And that's the advantage that I think that Exeter has going forward. Um, you know, they, they have that young defense – but Henry is just playing absolutely lights out right now. Um, what we say,
0: 23 saves in that game?
1: By, that's by that's most counts, he had 23 saves in that ridiculous. game. And so they're able to overcome maybe some deficiencies in the faceoff circle with, uh, with the play of Henry there and how well he's playing, probably helping to mature the defense there pretty quickly. Um, you know, with, with Spencer Clark and, uh, and, and Connor Flanagan and guys like that, Wyatt Carr, um, they're going to be able to score quite a few goals this year. Um you know, so Aiden Drunzik Aiden Drunzick, another young kid for them, uh, that's stepping up that's that's making the box score there. Um, I, I I think they're they're a team that's capable, but I don't think either BG or Pinkerton wants to see in a semifinal game. I think I think you're fighting to get that one seed so you don't have to end well, up playing. Yeah, or
0: or you don't have to play each other. Yeah, you exactly. know, if they're the if they're the two three or something like that. Or or even by some you know, something miraculous the one four. I mean, I, I think that's maybe something that we d- we didn't consider at the beginning of the year. Was we thought maybe, you know, one would end up as uh, as the one, and the other one, the two, or the three, or maybe but bo- as two,
1: three. I, but I think based on I think based on schedules and the way things are playing out, I still think you're going to see it's still going to be a one, two, three seed. I I, I think the one seed is going to be very much an advantage in Division One this year because potentially if you're a two, three seed, you're going to have you're gonna, you're going to have potentially a, a tougher Quarterfinal, a semifinal, and then if you make it to the finals, you'll have played three hard games in in a row there. Whereas the one seed potentially could have a much easier road yeah. and be a little bit more well rested going into that final.
0: Yeah, because the one seed is also going to get the winner of um, the eight nine game. That's going to have already played. You know, while everyone else is is sitting around practicing, waiting. Yep. Um, you know, one thing I also want to I, d- I want to get back to. Um, of course, I mentioned Tuesday was a doubleheader uh, with a boys. Uh, boys game and girls game earlier in the day between BG and Pinkerton um, another potential semifinal or final matchup on the girls side in division one um, and and it really kind of odd that the game in many ways you know when I'm when I'm sitting down and I'm writing my headlines um, I try so hard not to make them similar um, and I realized uh, later on in the day Wednesday that I had pretty much written the same thing for both <laughs> Games, uh, <laughs> um, and it really—I mean, it kind of was. It was a, a, the girls' game started out a little not slow, but but it was back and forth. Um, I think BG led five-four uh, late in that first half, and then when I was able to go on a run um, going into halftime, um, you know, was able to get a, a not a huge lead, but a comfortable lead, um, and then they they opened it up a little bit early in the second half, made it twelve-five, and I, I I mean this. At, in all honesty, I'm standing there after BG scores to make it 12-5, and I'm thinking to myself, Pinkerton's going on its run now. It, this is They're gonna win this draw, score, and this, this is gonna be it, and and that's exactly what happened. They got two quick goals, it's 12-7. Um, they had a third goal, and for whatever reason, it was waved off, I was too far away to hear. Um, and the official didn't make any signal, it just, there was a goal, and I figured, okay, they're gonna get a, a, a free position, and all of a sudden, it's going the other way. So I have no idea what happened there. Um, you know, and then within the next 5, 10 minutes, it's a, a 12-11 game.
1: You know, B, we, I think we touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the season. BG has a tremendous amount of depth this year, but if you put Pinkerton's starting starting group out there with them, they can, they can match them easily. So it's, it's just a matter of – I think it, this game was a good feeling out process. Both teams got to know each other a little bit, and then come playoff time, you know, we'll see what the coaches – we'll see their adjustments that they make – Um, that's something that, you know, it's kind of similar on the boys side too. You know, Pinkerton may not quite have the depth that the, the BG boys and girls have, but you know, in one game you can, you can account for that. You can, you can make that up and you can slow the pace of the game down winning, controlling draws and, and, taking long possessions there can, can neutralize that, you know? So I think, I think it was good confidence for the, for the Pinkerton girls and um, you know it was good for Coach Carey's team to to show that they can get out and run and and play the way they want to play in there too. So,
0: you know, and and I think it's interesting when you look at at what BG had in terms of um s- you know, scoring for that game. You had Lindsey Holt with seven goals and three assists, sophomore. You had uh, Riley Bouvier. I think that's how you say it. Bouvier. Yeah. Freshman. Um, freshman. Four goals, four assists, and then you had. Um and I apologize if I mispronounce this. Natalie Kotu, 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 um, another freshman, two goals, three assists. yeah I mean, that's what thirteen of your goals there scored by a sophomore and two freshmen. Scare- uh,
1: scary, it how, how, how it really know, good is. This team could be in the next few years. I mean, it, well, how good
0: they are now with such a you know s- such young kids out there, kind of putting up the points and and you know you look at their roster and it's not like they don't have seniors they have they're a very senior heavy team um you know and it's it's a, a, a you know they deserve a lot of credit i think for i don't know how many teams can ha- can can you handle that where you're a senior you're coming off a championship year and it's the kids who are or are, are getting you know a little bit of the glory there uh, i don't think everybody can handle that and and that's big.
1: There aren't a lot of teams that can handle that, and and that'll be you know. I, but I think um, Coach Carey has a tremendous staff over there, and and just I think the way that they coach those kids and the individual attention that they're able to give all their seniors all the way down to the freshmen, all of them are getting great coaching. So I, I think that really helps to to minimize any kind of uh, you know um, discord that would be within the within the group there. Um, they do a lot of team building stuff um, so and I, I think ultimately, you know as a senior you realize hey You know if this if this kid's gonna help us to win You know we, we do what we got to do to make sure we get back to that championship game again
0: So I think the the maybe the, the biggest game of the week though um, is a, a, a certain school going down to mass uh, taking on a team in, in Westwood and uh, Extending their winning streak to 56 game, now 57 though Um that would be your dairy I field I don't, I don't know if it no was t- the
1: biggest game of the week, but no, it, it, no. Was, it, it was a big. It was a big game for us. Uh. And it was a big. It was a big win for our program. It was a big win for the state. It was uh, a fun game to watch. It was, a and it was a really fun game to coach. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, you talk about the streak all the time, and it, it. You know, eventually it will end, but like it's fun while it's here. And and the kids, I got to tell you, like there was there was no pressure the entire time. They really just enjoyed being in a game that was competitive. It was hard. It was against an opponent that we didn't really know. We knew who their good players were. We just didn't know how we were going to match up against them. Uh, we went up against a really good face-off guy, and I thought the kids handled themselves in the face-off circle really well. Um, it was nice to get out to to an early lead and uh, build some confidence that hey, these guys aren't going to push us around. We can, you know, challenging uh, weather conditions too. I mean, the wind out there was incredible. I was watching balls move on the field, and yes, I was upset at my kids. I'm like, you got to make that pass. You got to get it there. But honestly. The wind was taking the ball and moving it on the kids, and then when they would go to throw, the wind was moving their sticks, and so both teams had to adjust to that. I am
0: usually pretty good about making sure my hat does not blow off my head, and my (laughs) hat blew off. My I almost lost it. Uh, If there had not been a fence behind me, my hat would have been in whatever wetlands that is, you know, next to Westwood. Um, You know, that would have been tragic because I got that hat in New Orleans, (laughs) and I don't think I'm going back there anytime soon. So. Well, we're you glad. Know, we're glad you, you kept, glad we're glad kept you my kept hat. I know everyone's worried we're about. Glad you that. kept the hat,
1: and we're glad we um, kept the streak alive. You know, and, uh, the the thing, that,
0: the thing that, the thing that that I think I've been impressed with, um, you know, with you guys throughout this year is, um, you know, I think a lot of people expect that you guys are going to step out on the field and score ten or fifteen goals, and that hasn't been the case so far this year for a number of different reasons. Um, it's the the defensive effort that's really kind of been eye-opening uh, not to say that you guys weren't good defensively but you've had to be better I think, uh, I, think. I think
1: in years past it's been a lot of like you know we we've won so many face-offs and we've we've been able to control the ball on offense that other teams necessarily haven't had t- the opportunities to score against us and this year um, early in the season teams have had some opportunities and and our guys have stepped up to that challenge and made some great plays defensively uh, the stand we had to make at the end of that Westwood game—you know, we're up, we're up six to three with about two, three minutes to go—and they get the ball back, and they score two quick ones, uh, you know, off of off of broken stuff, and then you know, going man down, and then having to make a D stand at the end, and, and doing that, and, and I think gives a lot of confidence to to our guys. Um, we've had to do that in a couple games now—the Winnet game the week before, you know, we're a little bit shorthanded there. Um, you know just so yeah I'm really impressed with our defense we, we've known that our offense is gonna be a work in progress as the as the season goes on but to, to be able to fall back on the defense the way it is uh, right now has been a tremendous lug- luxury and what we'll, we'll see we'll see tomorrow we have a very t- we're we're hosting a very talented Portsmouth team tomorrow night under the lights gonna be a lot of fun uh, rematch of the last two championship games I know coach Fisher and his squad would love nothing better than to come in there and, and knock us off and end that streak um, they've been looking They've been looking for a while, so I know they'll be hungry tomorrow night. You know, th- coming in,
0: um, you know, th- that, that Westwood team had scored 17 goals um, in, a, in a win over Ashland. I d- not Again, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, scored eight in a game against Hopkinton, uh, and today they, they put up ten. You guys held them not just to, to, f- to five total. Three, it was basically three, three
1: goals through but almost sc- four they quarters. Scored, of play.
0: They scored with about three minutes left in the first half, and then didn't score again until there was a minute left in the game. So that's
1: the better part of, of, of two quarters. You know, we feel very confident that we can roll out four to five long long stick defensemen and and some excellent D middies right now that that'll play really good lockdown man to man defense and, and cause turnovers and give us some opportunities in the offensive ends. And you know if we're not winning faceoffs the way we want to. Uh, we have a lot of confidence in the, in the way we're playing right now. So, like I said, great luxury to have, and, and you know we're we're confident that the offense is going to get rolling as the season goes on.
0: Yeah, I know we were talking a little bit about there being you know maybe a little more, um, less of, or excuse me less of a gap in Division One than there has been in the past. Um, but you know we were talking earlier about Division Two before we started, and it may seem I mean, I mean it seems like it's the same case there, or maybe even more so is that if you look at maybe 1 through 10, you know, it's maybe not as, as far apart as it usually is or has been in the past. And, you know, it is it has led to some really interesting scores uh, so far this year.
1: You know, I think uh, I think a lot of teams are kind of feeling out where they are. Um, you know, uh, I look at a team like Winnikunit, who was a, a preseason Final Four favorite, and they haven't won a game yet, but yet all of their games have been really close. They're just getting off to a slow start, and you know that could be a problem I for a high seed come playoff time. I don't even know if it's fair to say know. it's a
0: slow start though, because uh. they've had two what two one goal games against against Derryfield and against St Thomas, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think
1: and a really good game and against and Nashua South, and a, yeah, South a and really and good and game there. comeback against
0: Nashua you South. Know, and then they have another tough one coming up with Goffstown. So I mean, it's I, I you know, there there are games over the rest of their schedule that of course that they can certainly get back you know, into it, maybe not get a top-four seed, but, you know, still be uh, have hosting a home playoff game to, to start I'll out. I'll be
1: keeping my eye on that Goffstown-Winnikunit score tomorrow night. I mean, that one's going to be huge for, for both teams for playoff seeding. I mean, Winnikunit needs a win badly right now. Goffstown coming off, a you know, a heartbreaking loss to Timberlane today. It was 5-4 at the half, and then Timberlane pulls away going uh, – they, they were up, I believe, 10-5 going into the fourth quarter, and Coach Lewis's team makes a nice comeback there. Um, you know, Golfstown again, another team that teams are not going to want to see come playoff time. Uh, two talented midfielders in Nick Mason and Griffin Cook who, who are capable of going off at any time and exploding and having huge games. Um, you know, new goalie and net that's going to get better as the season goes on. So, you know, again, I, I, I would not want to see a Winniconnant or, or a Goffstown come playoff time. And then I think the other team that, you know, we've talked a little bit about uh, that's, that's on a roll a little bit right now is St. Thomas. You know they, they've had some tough games they've been at merrimack valley they've been at Goffstown. they've been at winnecunnan and they come out of that three and one right now um you know they, they're a team that i don't think a whole lot of teams were expecting to be really good this year but again coach houlihan does a great job with his kids gets the most out of it i think by all accounts maybe not the deepest team in the league this year but with some really talented players at each one of the positions goaltending defense midfield and and, an attack so they've got some leaders there and then some role players filling in and they're just finding a way to win games
0: you know two teams I want to mention too because we haven't you know I think in the three years that we've been doing this now haven't mentioned them much Um, both moving down to D2 this year um, you got Merrimack that's off to a 3 and one start Um, you know not just winning games but for them putting up a lot of goals um, something that They hadn't done a tremendous amount of um, the last couple years, you know, in D1. um, You know, they've got a, a big game at Oyster River tomorrow that, you know, would be a pretty nice win for them, I think. Really, uh, really
1: good because Coach Ruppy has got his team off to a two and two start. Merrimack sitting at three and one. You know that that could come down to you know whether or not you're going to finish. I think both te- both of those teams have an inside track to the playoffs right now with with twelve teams. How many? Wait, wait how many teams are we taking in D2 I don't this year? You know, I, th- I
0: thought it was fourteen. I, th- I thought someone said to me fifteen. I think you're right. It, it's it's definitely more than twelve. Yeah, I
1: think it was something screwy where the where the one seed was the only one that was going to get. So a then buy. it would be it would be fifteen then if yeah, that. I think were the Yeah, I case. think it is fifteen yeah. teams. So, um, yeah, I believe the one. Se- I believe that's right. I believe the one seed is going to get the bye this year, and then everybody else has that has that first round game. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I think Merrimack's off to a off to a really good start. Um, you know, you know, a nice they got a they got a D one win over National North, a team that they've struggled with the last couple of years. Nor- National North not traditionally the strongest team, but again. You know a rivalry game from the past when they were in d1 they get the win this year they're rolling into oyster river oyster river tomorrow tomorrow afternoon
0: uh just w- want to clarify at least according to um what is on the NHIAA, according to their 70 percent rule it says 14 teams
1: i have written down at the coaches meeting this year we did we did discuss and it and it appeared that it was going to be f- 15 teams but We'll we'll see as, they, as it rolls. Well, I guess we'll we'll find out right. when
0: they actually put out the playoff standings, right? Um, the other team I want to mention, um, you know, it kind of in the same line, like I said, moved down from D one. Um, you know, Manchester Central um, sitting at two and 0 this year with a pair of wins: a fifteen three win over Pembroke, thirteen eleven win over Bow. Um,
1: you know, both in the last couple of days. Um, might have know, one of the best young coaching staffs there, with Coach Coach McGinnis and Coach Sutton there. Coach McGinnis running the offense, and Coach Sutton running the defense, doing a tremendous job with that team right now. Two two really good wins over Pembroke and Bow. Um, you know they they've they've got some guys they've got some guys there, and I think um, that's a team that that could you know have a, a a really good shot at making a playoff based you know looking at their schedule. It's a very manageable schedule there. They've got a,
0: enough winnable games on there that mm-hmm. they could end up at it with a 500 record, which you know, with 14 or 15 teams getting in, I mean, there's going to be someone with a losing record getting in, I would assume. Um, a, g- a great shot at going 4-0 and to start the year, too. So, you know, two two really exciting things. I mean, y- you can say what, what you want about them moving down and, and finding success, but, you know, it's, it's good to see programs that have struggled... Um, but,
1: I, but I think it's the right move. You know, I've argued for a while. I, I would have even liked to see, we've talked about it before. I would have even liked to see the city schools all become one school and, and allow for a freshman JV and varsity program to exist there and build some momentum there. I think at some point you can't just keep getting beaten down year after year after year and expect that the program's going to get better. You have to find some place for the kids to be enthusiastic and, and have some pride when they walk into school wearing their, wearing their team jersey or wearing their shooting shirt around school And yeah it's cool to be a part of that you know we're winning and and getting more kids more athletes out and involved in the program um you know and it it keeps good coaches like coach mcginnis and coach sutton interested and active and wanting to be part of that program
0: uh i want to take a quick look at at some division three scores because there were some that kind of were interesting to me of course i stopped by pelham yesterday or on wednesday to um, catch some of their game against kearsarge ended up being. A uh, 17 to two win for Pelham. Um, they're of course they're three and zero on the year. Big game Friday night at Manadnock, uh, the team that upset them in the quarterfinals last year. So I'm sure they are uh, looking for a measure of revenge. Manadnock a lot of kids. Yeah, too, both so both, teams, both have teams have yeah. Um, so it's the same, pretty much the same group of kids going, going against each other there. I gotta tell uh, you, that's
1: a road trip I used to hate going out there. There is no good way to get there. You get behind a car on 101 that wants to go, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour there. You turn, you turn a trip that should take you an hour and 15 minutes, and suddenly it's taking you two hours to get out there. <laughs> and uh, I dreaded I, the number of times, we, you know, what time do we leave at? That, that was a That was a long trip to get out there. Uh so there's a definite home field advantage. bus legs are a real thing. So uh Pelham if they can if they can get there maybe luckily it it does it on the schedule it says Well it's actually a seven I think start, they're so
0: playing um if I heard correctly they're actually playing at Keene State. Oh um, how about that? So yeah, that's cool yeah. that. That's a cool. opportunity. So I don't know if that makes it a little better or not or, um getting there but
1: a little more of a straight shot but feels so on, on They'll be on so
0: turf. I heard um the Pelham kids talking about what it's going to be like to play on turf. Of course not really. Um, you know, many opportunities for them to do so?
1: It'll be, it'll be new experience for both teams. Both teams play on grass fields. Um, I, you know, it, it definitely favors the more athletic team, the more skilled team. The ball will move faster. The whole game will play faster on turf. And, and mistakes are magnified. That's why I, I love playing on turf because, you know, when, when you're playing on grass, sometimes uh, the lesser team gets helped out in the fact that the ball doesn't necessarily always go out of bounds on turnovers. You know, and 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 you just everything is faster there. So you you've got to make decisions faster. Um, so that that that's a but that's a fun opportunity for them to get out there and play under the lights on a Friday night at seven o'clock.
0: So I br- I bring that one up, um, you know, because you look and that and Monday Kearsarge also played Hopkinton, um, lost that game fourteen seven. I believe it was seven five at halftime, and I you know it got me kind of wondering. I mean, what is is, is Pelham that much better or did was did Kearsar just not have a good ride down to to, to the southern part of the state here? And I look at, at yesterday's um Hopkinton beats Campbell thirteen to six. You know, I, I know Campbell's a better team this year than they have been, but I didn't think they were I mean, that's not a that that's a, a game where a couple of breaks go your way, um you know, and, and and maybe it's a little bit of a closer game.
1: I think I think you know you can you can chalk up Kearsarge a little bit to probably selling out against Hopkinton, really going hard against Hopkinton, and then two days later having to turn around and travel down to Pelham and play them. So you're playing arguably two of the top teams, the teams that we're expecting that possibly will play in the championship. Um, you know, to have to play against those two teams to in, in th- you know two ga- two games in three days, um, I, I think you can chalk a little bit up to that. But I think it it. it to your point, it shows us that Pelham is maybe where we thought they would be, that team that could possibly rival Hopkinton and, and slow down that, that championship run they've been on the last few years.
0: Any, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up for another week?
1: Uh, well, I think it, it, we kind of talked about this. Is kind of you know We're getting into the, the second and third weeks of the season. It's kind of separation weeks here where we kind of see things shake out a little bit. Um, you know it's great that we have some some in-season you know early season in-season championship matchups or rematches from last year we had Pinkerton BG we've got we had Exeter Pinkerton and now we've got Derryfield Portsmouth tomorrow night Um, you know and then um, I I, I think it's just it's it's been a really good week and um, you know we're starting to see sort of separation but in the divisions
0: Sounds pretty good. He is Chris Hetler, Dairy Field Boys lacrosse coach. Chris, thanks again for joining me.
1: Joe, always fun.
0: I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, We will talk to you again next week.